0: Hello, and welcome to the Inspired for Life podcast series, a ministry of Community Life Center in Warsaw, Indiana. This week's podcast will be featuring Dr. Dan Cox, and he'll be discussing how to survive life storms and make it through. Don't miss it. It's going to be a great episode. Inspired for Life is a ministry of Community Life Center in Warsaw, Indiana. Check us out on the World Wide Web at communitylifectr.com. If you have any comments or questions that you would like us to address in the next podcast, send us an email, podcast at communitylifectr.com. Welcome to Inspired for Life. We hope that what we will
1: share with you today will inspire your life, give you hope and vision. In the day that we're living in, we need a little bit of insight into the possibilities of a positive lifestyle. You know, this nation of ours in the past few years has gone through tremendous storms, hurricanes, hitting our shorelines in the south and in the Florida area, the east coast. There is devastation almost all around us, it seems like, in the natural. But in fact, our lives, all of our lives, go through all kinds of storms. So let me talk to you today about going through storms of life. Now, we might assume that storms should not even be happening. And you ask me why. Well, just from an angle that Jesus Christ was on this earth God manifested in the flesh. After all, he made the planet. In fact, he invented the storms, all the systems, all the wind currents. He created the whole idea of atmosphere, wind, and rain. We might assume, for the time he was on earth, that he would have been storm-free, that God would have suspended the laws of nature and spared his son the discomfort of slashing rain and howling winds. Or at the very least, we might suppose that Jesus would have walked around in a bubble, encircled with a protective shield so he doesn't get soaked, cold, afraid, or windswept. Jesus should be spared the storms of life, one would think. And so should we. We also think that as well. Why is it happening to me? Why is it happening to our nature, to our very nation that we live in? Lingering among the unspoken expectations of Christian hearts is this. Now that I belong to God, I get a pass on the tribulations of life. I get a bubble around me. Others may face the storms. I live to help them, but face my own storms? No way. You see, to follow Jesus is to live a storm free life, right? Wrong. The expectation crashes quickly on the rocks of reality. The truth of the matter is this. Life comes with storms. Jesus assured us, in this world you will have trouble. John 16 and verse 33. Storms will come to you. It does to me. They even came to Jesus and his disciples. For example, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd and later that night the boat was already considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves and the wind that was blowing against it this is according to Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 through 24 sometimes we create our own storms we party too much or borrow too much money or hang out with the wrong crowd we find ourselves in storms of our own making This wasn't the case with the disciples that was in the midst of the storm that they were in. They were on the storm-tossed sea because Christ told them to be there. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. This wasn't Jonah seeking to escape God. These were disciples seeking to obey Jesus. These are missionaries who move overseas only to have their support evaporate. These are business leaders who take the high road only to see their efforts and problems erupt and bankruptcy follows. This is the couple who honors God in marriage only to have an empty crib. This is the student who prepares only to fall short on the exam. These are disciples who launch a boat, as Jesus instructed, only to sail headfirst into a tempest. Storms come regardless. And they come with a punch. For example, the boat was already considerably distant from land, buffeted by the waters because the wind was against it. Cool air surrounding the mountains you see east of the sea mixes with the warm tropical air near the water, and the result is a tempest. Storms can be fierce on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus dismissed the disciples at the evening hour. John 6 and 19 says when they had rowed about three or four miles. The storm hit them full force. Evening became night, night became windy and rainy, and before long their boat was riding the raging roller coaster of the Galilean Sea. The five-mile trip should have taken not much more than an hour, but by the time of the fourth watch, three o'clock to six o'clock in the morning, the disciples were still far off ashore. They deserved credit. They did not turn around and go back to the shore. They persisted in obedience. They kept digging the oars into the water and pulling the craft across the sea, but they fought a losing battle. The storm left them too far from the shore, too long in the struggle, and too small in the waves. Life's climb into the boat. Sometimes we get into that boat and of life and it seems like we're struggling against the wind and the rain, all kinds of things comes against you. When you look at the disciples, their rain splattered faces, what do you see? Fear for sure, for sure, doubt, absolutely. You may even hear a question shouted over the wind. Anyone know where Jesus is? The question is not recorded in the text, but it was surely asked it, it is today. We ask that, don't we? When a ferocious storm pounces upon obedient disciples, where in the world is Jesus? The answer is clear and surprising as well because Jesus was praying. Jesus had gone up on the mountainside by himself to pray, Matthew 14 and 23. There is no indication that he did anything else. He didn't eat. He didn't chat. He didn't sleep. He prayed. Jesus was so intent in prayer that he persisted even though his robe was soaked and his hair was matted. After he served all day, he prayed all night, he felt the gale-force winds and the skin stinging rain. He too was in the storm, but he still prayed. Or should we say he was in the storm, so he prayed? Was the storm the reason for his intercession? Do his actions here describe the first course of action to pray for his followers? Followers During storms, he is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. The Greek word in this verse that is translated interceding is a stout verb. It carries the sense of making pacific requests or petitions before someone. Festus, governor of Judea, used the Greek word for intercede when he spoke to the king about the apostle Paul, King Agrippa, and all who are present with us. You see this man, the whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, Shout, shouting that he ought Not to live any longer. You'll find that in Acts chapter 25 and verse 24. Biblically speaking, this is what intercessors do. They bring passionate and pacific requests before God. Ponder this promise. Jesus, right now, at this moment, in the midst of your storm, is interceding for you. The king of the universe is speaking on your behalf. He is calling out to the Heavenly Father. He is urging the help of God's Spirit. He is advocating for a special blessing to beset your way. You do not fight the wind and the waves alone. You see, my friend, it is the strength of God that comes to rescue you. You have the mightiest prince and the holiest advocate standing up for you. We need to understand that. We need to understand that God is there to stand with you. I love that. Don't you? It gives me inspiration. gives me hope. Uncheckable hope is the firstborn offspring of promise. We'd like to know the future. We would. Don't you like to know what the future would be? We long to see the road ahead of us, but we can't. We prefer to have every question answered. But Jesus has instead chosen to tell us this much. I will pray you through the storm of the life that you're going through. Are the prayers of Jesus answered? Of course they are. Will you make it through the storm? Yes, you will. I think you know the answer. A person might object. If Jesus is praying, why did the storm happen? Wouldn't an interceding Jesus guarantee a storm free life? My answer, my friend, absolutely. The storm-free life will be, well, intriguing, but it is eternal. Between now and then, since this is a fallen world, and since the devil still stirs about and brings doubt and fear, we can count on the storms to come our way regardless. But we can also count on the presence and the prayers of Christ in the midst of every storm that you ever face in your life. The devil's best attempts to discourage us fall victim to God's resolve to shape us. What Satan intends for evil, Jesus will use for good. Satan's attempt to destroy us will actually develop our faith. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16 and 33. Every day Jesus speaks up for you. He always lives to intercede. For people of the promise, Jesus is praying in the midst of your storm. He's praying for you. And though the midst of your storm is coming, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to meet the disciples walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear, according to Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 26. Jesus became the answer to his own prayer. He turned the water into a walkway. He who made the Red Sea made two walls for Moses and made the iron axe swim for Elisha, transformed the water of Galilee into a level path and came walking to the apostles on the storm. Listen, you may panic sometimes in your life, but understand this. Here's the inspiration. Here's the hope. Jesus will always make his way towards you. He will always make a way where there seems to be no way. His followers called him a ghost, but Jesus still came walking on the water. Peter's faith became fear, but Jesus still walked on the water. The winds howled and raged, but Jesus was not distracted from his mission. He stayed on course until his point was made. He is sovereign over all storms. The disciples, for the first time in Scripture, worshipped him. Truly you are the Son of God, they said in Matthew 14 and 33. With a stilled boat as their altar, beating hearts with praise, they worship Jesus. And may you do the same in the midst of your storms of life. Be inspired. The inspiration is this. Jesus is always making intercession for you. He will make a pathway to deliver. We have to keep rowing our boat, keep walking in life, trusting and faithing in the midst of our storm God will
0: truly deliver you. Well, thanks again for checking out the Inspired for Life podcast series brought to you by Community Life Center. Don't forget to check us out at communitylifectr.com.